job, saved up money till it didn't matter if everything went under business until it supported me. I didn't leave the job. I, I, I had those both going. Business funded the other business. If it didn't work out, so be it, but it was worth the opportunity. And all the while I did go all in and I did stick to one thing and I did give it my all. We make mistakes every day in basically every facet of life. Wouldn't it be nice to just skip a few? We'll help you fuck up less. Listen in. Let's go. Today we're talking about, today we're talking about our first million, baby. How we made our first million. How we made our first million. Um, and, and we are Angela's not dropping sh- jokes that I don't even get. Yeah. You say pause when something's like, I'll, I'll explain it off camera. So I don't want to get us canceled. <laughs> even watches our show. Um, so, so this is our first million and we're not going to share um, anything that we've done on OnlyFans. This is strictly related to business. All right. So Bob, I'm going to kick off I today. My first eight figures in 24 hours would be in 24 hours. OnlyFans. If I, it's, if I was a female and a good looking one, I assume I'd be, um, I would, I would totally just get all my money from OnlyFans and just start a business. Like there's your, you don't need to go to a bank for a loan anymore. Like I, like a bunch of bimbos are getting rich for no reason. So I'm just like, I, I'd, I'd be on OnlyFans, man. That is such like a, an interesting topic topic too. Cause like some people, Oh, it's so terrible. How would people do such things? I I don't know. At the same time, it's like if you had an opportunity to make a couple hundred G's, seven figures in one month, and just by creating that kind of content, I don't know. It's the allure is there, and maybe that's the the sitting game. But I don't know. I I I'm do here it. Not to judge. I'm here not to judge. I do it. Um. So. Yeah, dude. I would totally do it. So I've, and I think that today when we talk about how I made our first million. There's just from a high level of what I'm thinking, there's a lot of similarities in kind of how we did it. Um, even though they were in different industries. Yeah. So I think that's actually going to be really cool. But I think the even more interesting part is what happens once you get there and the compounding effect of it. Because it didn't happen overnight for either one of us. And I'll kind of talk because my, my first million was in, in the gym game through operating gyms. And then once I, and it took me a while to hit it in, I guess, retrospect to a degree. And then once I hit it, like the next year I three X'd, um, which I found. And then once I developed that skill, we kind of talked about that. It's like, then it's just easy to replicate across multiple industries, as long as the capacity is there. The so I, I don't know, I thought that would be because I think zero to one for most people is the most difficult. It's just getting started is super hard. So, uh, I thought it'd be interesting just for us to share our stories of how we did I didn't that. I think it was hard. Um, oh, zero to one million, yeah, okay, yeah. What I think, think the first step hard? to get there, I don't think it was hard. Um. For me, but I think I think ours were similar, but it was a little different. I think I was, I think you were more like burn the ships, and I was more like strategic and like I have a less of a risk tolerance than you. So I think they were. We both did it in a different way. What do you mean by that? I'm gonna explore that, and then I want to challenge you. I think I took minor steps to get there, and I like kind of. I think you just like threw a rope up and tried to climb up a big 
mountain. You're like, screw it. And I like, I like hopped on one step and like chilled there for a second, made sure I understood what next step I was going to. And I jumped to the next step. And then I was like, okay, here it is. And I took the leap when it was like less of a distance. And I think you were just like, here's the mountain. I'm climbing this whole thing. And you just threw up and ran. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I would also, I think that's just interesting personality traits yeah. that are very different from us. Uh, even if we have a lot of similarities as far as like, you're not necessarily super analytical, but you're way more analytical than I am. Yeah. Like you look at every possible way a situation can go wrong. And I'm like, I look at the negative sailing reality, I go, Hey, this is where it could go bad. Cool. And then I'm just like, fuck it. The likelihood of that happening is low. And if it does, whatever next to the move on, I would say though, and I agree with you. I think it, it you are definitely more methodical. You're slower, slow with it. Um, taking those less risks, but I think your circumstances were a little different in the fact that like you already had a family, you know, like you already True. had, you were already with Alina it, to a degree, but the difficult part was, I mean, it took a while. Yeah. We've talked about this past, like, you know, it took, you, you already, you had already tried other ventures that did or, you know, didn't work or had minor levels of success. And then you had those steps that then got you there. So that is the difficult part for a lot of people. That's the zero to one. Well, you made a different, you made a really good point there. And I think it's, that's the differentiator. You were, it was just you. Me, I had like getting married, house, family on the way. There were two different things. But but you're right. I had other businesses when I was in year situation and I, I did the throw it up and climb up the hill. And unfortunately I fell. <laughs> so I mean, like uh so I think there's a there's an aspect of that. So if you're an entrepreneur looking to grow a business or looking to to get your first million, um here's there there are two different ways that we went about it, but two different, you know lifestyles and situations that we were we started from right so there's two there's more than one way to skin a cat depending on where you're at right now so why don't we why don't we kick in and go to like why don't we go why don't we go through how you you made your first million and just dive right in yeah let's do it yeah and I, but i think that is no matter where you are whether it's like i mean i think it's really advantageous if you're super young and you got that kind of like gift for it yeah and you know like i have a buddy he'll be he's i think he's 19 now and i've talked about him before like he'll he'll be over this weekend at some point uh he just got back from like traveling to bali and all that stuff but i mean dude's been doing it since he was 15 years old and this is his third business every single one of them has had minor level success but this one's just taken off like a freaking rocket ship um with like very minimal time because of his knowledge and expertise and stuff and the cool thing is if he does it intelligently like in a year he's set for life um so that's the cool thing about starting young whereas like but at the same time look at some of look at bezos how old was bezos when he started amazon like you're never too late to get started and just circumstances will be different but i think getting started has tons of similarities in how you're doing it. and this is where i also find a lot of people that are starting their business this is where they get stuck uh and that's the path for me to getting to my first million was massive simplicity keeping it super simple like so the the saying like kiss keep it like simple stupid yeah that's how it was because when i first started so i did it in in owning a gym i didn't do it out of owning one location because that was never necessarily my plan um but i did it through having multiple locations of doing the same thing simply and repeatedly but it really was once i understood who my ideal client was like that's why i wasn't trying to go after every single person in my market 
And that's the thing I think a lot of people can understand, whether you're like an online business where you can serve all of the US or you can serve all of the world, or if you're a local you know, business who maybe just serves like your town or you know, depending on what you're offering, the distance people are willing to travel, which is going to be anywhere from five to 15 minutes, unless it's really exclusive, then it'll be a little bit longer. But I wouldn't necessarily bank on that. Okay, so I'm in my town and this, you know, you're in a town, even if it's 10,000 people and your price points are good, like, cool. You could still grow an amazing business. But once I realized, I was like, hey, just because I have this town and I have all these people I can help especially when it came to fitness. You can help every single person because a lot of it doesn't matter if you're training athletes, training for weight loss. There's tons of similarities with small little minor tweaks. But when I first started the business, we were going after somebody else, but it was still like one kind of main clientele with one major service offering. So it was like we're training athletes and mostly youth athletes. We were doing it through small group training, sports performance. Um, And that's, and even then- Legion was originally- Legion LSP it was like Legion Sports Performance, wasn't it? That was the original name. Yeah. 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 So, like, even in that sense, like, and we mostly worked with baseball players and then some football players. Like, it was like high school baseball players and college football players. It was kind of interesting in that way. And we had other people sprinkled in between. So, even understanding when I was growing in that portion, like, that's the, the stuff that I was catering towards. That's where I was going after. And that's where I was trying to become, put myself in front of those individuals. And then I switched it though. And I did that just like, that's just what we did over and over and over again for probably two years. And then third year in, was it like, it was like, no, it was the second year in is when I kind of started switching things. And I said, Hey, maybe I, maybe the market I'm going after is just too small or too difficult for really what I want to achieve. To reach scale. Yeah. But to reach scale, to remove myself from the gym, from the day to day. So I could continue doing what I was doing and I'd make a great living. I would just be coaching and who knows where I would be able to like kind of take that, but it would be more of me being directly responsible for the work and the outcome training time for money uh, kind of thing. And then I switched over and I was like, Hey, what if I actually went more towards weight loss? So now I had a, a single individual and I really got clear on who that ideal client was that avatar of like, Whenever I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about like the person's name, their age, what they want, what they, you know, what their issues are, like really diving into the psychographics as well as the demographics of the individual. I was like, cool, that's my client. That's who I'm going after. Then it was like, this is the service offering. This is how we're going to help this individual. Like I'm not having, you know, in gyms, what a lot of people do is they're like, well, I'm going to do a large group. I'm going to do a small group. I'm going to do one-on-one and I'm going to train athletes. And it's like, okay, you have like two or three of each fucking thing. Like, and, and you're so scattered. You have all these different things. One, it's complicated for you. The prospects, they generally want to go with somebody who specializes. Like that's really like, hey, I want to, if I have this specific problem, I want to go to this specific individual to help me. So then you actually like, kind of repel yourself from the market. So it's like, hey, I'm just offering this. We're used to small group. Now we're doing large group. And we're still taking a lot of, like, we had our USPs and everything like that. And part of it even was how we offered the service. It's like, cool. That's the individual. Um, that's the service we're doing. USP is a unique selling proposition. Yeah. So then I was like, can't you just drop in a bunch of acronyms? I don't even understand that. Like, he talks to me. What are you even saying? Sometimes I just I'm like I'm like, dude, I have no clue. It's like uh, SDR, CDR, CR, VCR, I just assume, like VCR, you I just assume you're on my level. On tape. I should break it. <laughs> yeah. Are you what was unique about us? And like we we took it into the service offering. But even and we can even have a whole pot on that, which is 
just understanding because I think EOS does a really good job of like having yeah. you can have similarities to other businesses, but you have to have like at least like three unique things for you, right? For everybody else, because then otherwise you're just going to commoditize yourself, right? So um, once we did that, once we really kind of understand that, it was like here's this individual, here's how we're going to help them. Now let's create the offer that's going to attract them to us, and we're not going to have a million different offers, just one offer, just one offer we're going to put in the marketplace. You know, one offer that we're going to sell into on the back end, not a, not 15 different things they can choose from on the back end, just one way that they can actually get started with us. With that one offer, we put it into one marketing channel. And then we had one wet way to sell. At the time, it was different than it is now. But like, it's super simple. It's just one way to do that. And then frankly, it was then once we had all those all those ways to truly help and execute, it was just follow that system over and over and over again and just got really good at it. Just got better, incrementally better every single time because it didn't start off super strong. It was actually super fucking rocky. Then it got better. Then it just perfected it, improved upon it. And instead of really just trying to scale, let's say vertically, like some people, they'll get a, you know, a gym to a certain level and then they'll add additional services and add on and add on. The route I decided to go is like, we're just going to get really good at this and then I'm just going to open up another location. And then I'm going to just open up more location. I think that mm -hmm. people fail and I see like, um, I don't want to call it like amateur thinking in business, but like that's what it is. Where people are like, we got to add this because we can set up these kind of people. We can add this. We can set up these kind of people. And then like, I even know talking to my team at Hepper, I'm like, dude, that's not our client. Like, what if we did like, I think in the beginning when we had that coach that who is not to be named that we got rid of. <laughs> um, yeah. But he wanted to like train kids. I'm like, dude, it's not, that's not what we do. But we can make yeah. money. There's a lot of people that have kids. I'm like, it's just not what we do. Just be the best we do. Yeah. And then like John will bring me like opportunities from other people. I'm like, not what we do. Not interested. Like, yeah. Just we, we just do what we do and like duplicate it and get more clients for what we do. There's a lot of other people do. Because when you try to serve everybody, you're just. It's like yeah, you go to the gym you know, to this, and then they're like, are they this kind of gym? Are they that kind of gym? These people do this, but these yeah. people do that. Are we all like one? It's just weird. It doesn't work. It's weird. And, and you think about. What really helps businesses, like especially like training-based gyms, and I would even yeah. say this just transfers over to, to your, even your current business, but it's like that tribalism, that community. Yeah. Yeah. It's really like when people are going into this, they're going into this escape. They want to be with people like them. Yeah. And that was something that we noticed early on. It was like we had sports performance. We had athletes, meatheads. They want to clang and bang, blast right. and fucking rap and metal and that stuff like gonna that. That ain't going to jive with, with the clients and that then, are in now. Yeah. We literally, because I it was like we had two thousand square feet at the time in the gym, and one side was set up for sports, like uh, some small group training, and the other side was large group. And there'd be times where I was training both at a time, so I'd have fifteen people in a boot camp, and then like five, eight, ten people doing small group training, and they'd be like, "Well, these people want to lose weight, and they're just getting started." And these other people, are, they, they wouldn't be like, "I don't. This is not the environment that I want to be in. This is right. the tribe I want to be around." You screw yourself, dude. And same thing with like those other people. They're like, I don't want to be around these meatheads. I'm, I'm just getting started. You can't serve two masters. Yeah. So I think that is a huge trap that a lot of people fall into is because they can do a lot of things. They want to, which then waters down actually their 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 level of expertise. Right. They can't like they're, now they're trying to think about how they help all these inner people, these people and they get they get fragmented and segmented as opposed to be like, I help this one person. I'm going to become the absolute best solution for them. And I'm just going to keep getting better and better. I'm going to think about their entire journey, every single problem and create a solution yeah. for them along the way. Yeah. And that's where I see that a lot still in gyms. Like maybe somebody does really like, it's actually, it's like this trap. They get stuck at like this 15 to 20 grand per month mark. 
And it's because they've never truly developed one of the, the offerings they have. And they tried doing all these other things. And I'm like, yo, this is confusing. This is so much stuff. And like, you either got to cut the majority of this or like just be stuck. That's, Dude, it's that's the same decision. thing. Just sticking with one thing and sticking with one offer. Even with a job, like I tell people, like if you're in a job and you haven't been there for at least two years, like you don't know what you're capable of. Like we were just talking to, you know, Matt, obviously, and me and Matt were talking about a buddy of ours that left and skipped and he's been in two jobs since and Matt's making more than him now and doing better than him because he just went all in and just stuck with what he knows and just got, got to be the best at what he does. And and he's and now he's surpassed the guy who left to get a couple more bucks initially and just stuck there and now has been in two different jobs and Matt surpassed him. And because you got to just give it your all and go all in on one thing. But anyway, so that's how I did it. And I just stuck with it, did it for time. And then it took me a couple of years and then really like perfected it. I think from 2012, I think 20, I think 16. So it took me four years to have first million dollar year. And then the next year we three X it. Yeah. You know, and that's just how I did it. But it was just, it was instead of trying to, to serve everybody, to help everybody. And also I was ruthless at the time, especially as we were growing to just like rejecting ideas because people like, like yeah, you know, oh, we should do this, we should do this. Like, nah, they fuck, say no, saying no that. is a superpower. That's your superpower. Yeah. yeah. So it's your superpower. I do think for, so that was how I did it in the gym space. And then that's the same thing taking over to any other business. And I think there's parallels to, to yours. So I'd be curious to hear your story or I know your story for you yeah. to share. Yeah. I mean, my, my, my thing's a little different, a little risk less for stuff, but it's very similar to like the concept you had with one thing and just sticking with it. Um, I got a job, saved up money, but I had enough money in my bank account to buy a house and start a business. And if it all failed, it didn't matter because I was cool. Then I did that because my risk tolerance is much, much lower than yours is. Um, you know, Alina had some good savings. I had some good savings and we wanted to make an investment and we said no to 50,000 investments. And we ended up buying a Legion. And our risk tolerance is here. And we knew that it could fail and we're fine. But it's a proven system. It's pretty simple. If we follow this, we should make some good money off of it. We should never just lose it all. So we made like a calculated risk. So I worked hard. I sat on the sidelines. The whole time I was like reading and studying business and doing everything. But I went from a job saving up to build a business. And I left a job and the business could support me. And then obviously there's pandemic. and There's other factors there too. But, you know, and then launched a third business when I didn't need the money from the business and I didn't have to invest anything really into it. And there was no risk there. And, you know, obviously it turned into what it is today. And it's like, I'm very, very risk adverse. Um, job, saved up money till it didn't matter if everything went under business until it supported me. I didn't leave the job. I, I, I had those both going. Business, Funded the other business. If it didn't work out, so be it. But it was worth the opportunity. And all the while, I did go all in. And I did stick to one thing. And I did give it my all. And that's the hard thing. If people aren't invested and they don't, they're not scared, they, they might not. So I had the, let's call it the superpower to like go all in as if like I needed it or I was going to die, right? Like I needed this to survive. Like that's the intensity and energy I put into it, which is very hard to find if you're not really like, you don't have that skin in the game, right? And um. And, you know, I took a completely different route. I, I ran business the same, but I took a completely different route to get there. Yeah, I mean, I did because I saved up. I mean, I had a job before I opened Legion, but I saved up 20 grand. And I essentially was never actually planning on opening up a business, but didn't like direction. 
But when you had that money, what did you do when you I opened Legion? Little, I think I had I had sub a thousand dollars. I spent I saved up twenty grand and I had less than a thousand dollars in my bank account when my doors opened with no idea what I was doing. Yeah, I had I had enough to live for a year or so in my bank account when I opened Legion, even if it went under. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I think for you, Risk once tolerance. you did open your your third business, and I mean, it was, but I, it was also calculated for me because I I knew I was super good at training. That I was like, if if this fails, then I'll just go get a job somewhere. Right. Like that was I was like, okay, that's not like that's the worst case scenario. Cool, not a big deal. Right. I mean, just do this, and I didn't have like any expenses really or anything like that, or you know, I just it was more like my expenses were my time. You know, right. I didn't have an expensive car payment. I didn't have an expensive rent or any of that stuff. Right. I didn't like like lavish things. I don't think I was even really drinking at the time. So like I didn't go out. So I think, right. uh, yeah, I went all in on it, but it was like, hey, I've never really had money before. So like if I lose this money, like what's the big deal? I made it with a job. I'll just go get another fucking job and I'll make 60, 70 grand a year at a job like this. Cool. But I think when you started your third business, although you were, it was, because you did take the early risk early on. Yeah. And then when you went here, once you got into your third business, though, same thing, though. It's one client, with yeah. one offer. Yes. And just over and over. So it wasn't like, hey, I can serve with these skill sets. I can now help all these people. But yeah, dude, very similar, right? Like what we done, very similar. But like the yeah. path we took is different. Like you had, you said, okay, I don't always leave and get a job. I was like, I still have a job and still have my savings. So if I leave, it doesn't matter. And yeah. look at the investments we make too, like even in life. Like I, I, I was getting married. I had a house, mortgage payment, like having kids soon. Like we were, we had like a different level of like, so I don't want to lose that. So I had to, you know, I stayed at my job as long as I could. Um, you know, if, um, if we look at like our investments too, it's a very similar story to both of us, right? Like um, I'm real estate. I just know it's there. I know it's safe. It's not going to get me rich, but it's like, like I'm going to buy a house. Not rich fast necessarily. Right. I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to buy it cash when I could probably leverage it and get much more of a mortgage, but I just don't want to do that. And I'm just going to get X amount of dollars per month and still have it in there. And hopefully it appreciates too, but it's always going to be there. Like I'm very, very risk adverse to like what I do with my money now too. Like my financial advisor says, why are you doing this? You could put this in the market and make this percent and get a mortgage and that'll make more than this. And I'm like, I don't know. Simple, easy. I know this. It's safe. I'm cool. Whereas you, you'd go into, you'd go into more risky investments like crypto. Yeah. But I also know like there's the upside but I also, I look at everything as like, if I lose everything, because I've been there, I'll just make it back. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, but I'm also, so, but now I'm also, it's, it is different. I do have a different approach to stuff I do now, as I have the other responsibilities. Um, so I would also, I would just say my investment thesis is a little bit different than yours. Well, because your situation changed to your point that you have a house, you have a mortgage, you have a, you have a family that's rooted a wife and a child. You're, so your decisions don't aren't just you anymore. Yeah, but I just mean in general, like you like real estate because you also know real estate. True. So like, I I don't know real estate yet, so I'm not going to invest into it if I don't know it. At the time, I knew crypto. Also, now that's why I'm like, I'm not. Bro, you crypto. don't know nothing about crypto. What is crypto? At the time Who are I you did. lying to? What so, do you know about like, crypto? 
What is crypto? And at the end of the day, so it's like no, nowadays- People who invented like, crypto right. don't know crypto. Nobody knows what it is. Yeah. So- okay. Bob's so mad at um, me. But it was just, I was just saying at the time, that's where my interests were. And that's what I was educating myself on. Like, so right now I'm like, I want to learn more about real estate before I get involved in it. Business, I feel comfortable getting into any aspect of business because I know it super well. But business is riskier. Yeah. But there's also a higher payoff. So there is that, that risk reward, but you have to then, I mean, it's, you have to do what it allows you to sleep at night. So am I going all in on certain things anymore? hundred percent. No. Right. You know, because like the upside the risk just it outweighs the reward so like there is you know they if i'm thinking 20 30 40 50 years down the road if i'm thinking for the next generation like i don't have to go all in to get that kind of reward right. like it's not needed for where i am in life the right. risk of losing it all although i have the skill set and know i could get it back that far outweighs whatever outcome that could be achieved from it because there's more to lose now right do, I'm curious to know, do, are you a gambler? Like no. you, you're not. The funny thing is, is I'm a gambler <laughs> so, and, we're, and, we're, and I'm more risk adverse than you. And I love playing blackjack. I literally have an app on my phone. I play, I play with like, I play with like a hundred dollars though. Yeah. I'd like, I'd be, I gambled maybe once in Vegas and I wasn't a fan. And then I would go to AC when I was younger and I maybe did it like once. But so that's the thing. It's, and maybe that's just a skewed point of view. Is I in business, although it may be riskier and more like gambling, Control. it's still skewed in my favor because of my skill set and knowledge. Right. Same thing. Like so, with like, you know, with real estate, that's probably currently for me more of a a gamble. Right. Unless I go with somebody to learn from that initially, like that has that skill set, and then it's like All right, I can learn or just like piggyback. But then it's also where it's like time and energy going. So it's, you know, I, I, so I think the gambling thing is just an interesting topic. Whereas, yeah, I don't, I actually, I don't like risk outside of business. Like I don't do sense. stuff that can risk injury. Like if I'm, I, I'm trying to remember something it was. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that because I could just get hurt. And that risk to me is just not worth it. Yeah. I like calculate. I like risk. So now that I think about it, I love risk. When it's like calculated and the downsides like hedged. Like when I go to the casino, I'll bring like a few hundred bucks. Or if I'm playing, I'll play with like a yeah. hundred bucks, like which means nothing to it. But I just like the thrill of like just yeah. playing. And I won't little hit. spend more money. Like I won't spend more money. So it's funny. Like I do like risk, but I'm like very I'm like very risk averse when it comes to like I need my downside to be cut. And I think of it as like this is what I'm at. So I think that's kind of like why I did my business. Like I'm cool as I had this money. I'm cool risking that. If I lose it, I'm because it's always been my mindset. It's always been my mindset. So how we made our first million, literally the same way, right? One system, literally because I, I it was well, I didn't make my first million with Legion, but it was it was a big step towards making it. So literally the same system you did, <laughs> but it was one yeah. one thing, right? A business serving one person. For you, it was duplicating that multiple times, and for me, it was using that as a foundation to start another business and very similar concept in a different area yeah and the cool thing is like for your second business like you don't have to open up physical locations to reach more people it's just like i can either just increase the quality of product get more referrals or like spend more on ads That's it. right so, do you think that there's gonna be like a commercial collapse because of that i know we, we still have a minute left to, to 30 we've done good today so commercial for what 
office space. Like who needs it? It's like, we, it's like, I don't know enough to be an expert, but who needs it anymore? I don't know. You know, it's interesting because you look at Canada and then you look at commercial and there's similar stuff. And we were on a trip when we went to to Whistler. We had a a buddy, Jock, who's like stupid successful, but he's an Aussie who lives out in uh, Cali now. Yeah. And I didn't realize this. And so it took an Aussie to kind of explain how America works. And we were kind of talking about stuff. And he's, you know, the U.S. chose housing as a right, whereas a lot of other countries chose healthcare as a right. So it's way easier to get housing for individuals. And you have like those 30-year mortgages, which is kind of unheard of at like those fixed rates for the most part. But so as a result, like that's been subsidized, whereas healthcare hasn't in like Canada and stuff hasn't. And that's where he's like in Canada, you know, and I think most people probably butchering this, but it's like five years and then they got to like reapply. And that new interest rates, that's similar, I'm pretty sure, to like a lot of commercial real estate, where it's like, that's, I think, the issue from what my understanding is, because I've heard that like, there could be some massive like, and there's already been some massive kind of like defaults, but it's because those terms for a lot of people, they bought at a certain rate, they built out their entire plans, like knowing it's going to be 1%, 2%, 3%, and now it's a couple of percent more significantly which is going to completely screw up their thesis and all their profitability. And they're going to default on it. And those, and now also since lending is tighter and more restricted, you know, those are those issues that are going to face. So like people in Canada are potentially facing, you know, on their mortgages, like significant increases on their mortgage for what they already had just because of differences in interest rates. Same thing is happening in commercial. So as a result, there's that risk of default, Whereas like in the housing market, from my understanding, I was reading something last night, it was like 70%, maybe this is wrong, 70%, I think CEO of Toll Brothers said that 70% of individuals who have a mortgage, the rate is like under 5%. Yeah, it's fixed. So for them, so that's where the new, like a lot of people are buying new houses or something like that, because now they're, for them to leave that mortgage at 3%, 4%, 5% to then have to go get a mortgage at 7% or more, that changes exactly like what they can get. So they're not going to, they're not going to be able to level up, which is generally, yeah. I would imagine what most people are doing, whether they're getting out of a house to level up. It's like, right. you're actually going to be either going to the same level or down right. for, so I think that's going to be the interesting thing is from what I hear in commercial real estate, I don't fucking know shit about it. Um, yeah. That's why I like, again, I'm like, Oh, this would be great. There's a lot. I just know there's no good deals it. out yeah. there. There's nothing that makes sense. Like, yeah. I've literally called up, I just, all I do on Zillow, I spend an hour a day just low ball offering everybody and anybody and just nobody wants to sell anything for any good deal. So whatever, God bless them. Interesting, yeah, because I look at like Zillow every day as well because I'm always like looking at properties because I do want to get into, and I have a friend out here who's been very successful in land after he lost a ton in the crash, the last real estate crash. So I'm like, all right, that's, I, I, I would just love to have tons of land because I'm like, worst case scenario, at least now I have a shit ton of land. I ain't making any more land. Um, you know, but he does, he's, he's done pretty well with it. So I'm trying to get together with him. So we'll probably get lunch in the next like week or two to kind of learn his system, kind of like get a little ed- more education in there. Cause even as I look, I'm like, everything, like nothing is just making sense for me financially as far as like getting into real estate. So that's where I'm like, all right, I'll just keep, you know, doing the business game, just focus on the business game and like, not necessarily get distracted unless spend this time to start learning more and more so that, you know, for the time it makes sense, then I can fucking get in. 
Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm curious to see what ends up happening. Who knows? All I know is I will continue to lowball realtors until they take my offers. It'll work eventually. Dude, somebody had a property listed for 270 days. They just dropped it down to 530, offered them 480. They said no. They ignored me. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go make other offers. And if I get another house, my offer's done. And then they just lowered it to 499, still not selling it. I'm like, you guys are idiots. So, Are you going to are you gonna go back and offer them 460? Yeah, yeah, I am. As soon as they come back, I'm going to offer them less because I know that they don't have that. So I'm going to be like, oh, that, that was my <laughs> offer a month ago. Uh, yeah. 470 now. <laughs> smell, smell blood in the water, dog. <laughs> <laughs> this last year, how many houses have you acquired? Just two. Nothing special. Just two? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, if I can just get two a year, I'd be happy. Totally Stacks up. Ten two years, years, it's 20 houses that are completely paid off. So, yeah, no. Living the dream. That ain't bad. Just got to keep it rolling. All right. All Let's right, upload it. your stuff, dog. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you're learning from us, I want you to share this with other business owners who are hustling just like you. Oh, and don't forget, give us your social so we can have all the info. See you on the next one.